I love homebrew. It is as old as D&D itself. Let's see what you have. Halfling Barbarian, Path of the Pacifists? What the? Dedicated to bringing peace and harmony to your adversaries and enemies, enlightening them to ideals of cooperation and coexistence. Instead of raging at hugs, you in battle you can hug and gain advantage on charisma saving throws. Instead of attacking, you can attempt to embrace your opponent in an attempt to calm them and convince them of the futility of violence. No! By the nine hells, no! Screw the whole idea of homebrew! By the book only! Better yet, get out! By Crom, leave this place before I slake my thirst for blood and I cleave your slack-armed, soft, civilized body from crown to crotch! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly, And I'm Greg Ziegler. And it sounds like our um, ever-suffering DM has finally managed he's to... He's lost it. He's lost it. He's starting to rage a bit. Yeah, I feel bad for everybody in that room. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, that leads us into our topic for today. We are going to be talking about the barbarian class in the 5E D&D rules. In all the E's. In all the E's, yes, but we focus mainly on the 5E. Well, at least four of of those E's. That would be like an anime barbarian if they were like, E! (laughs) When they raged, wouldn't it be? (laughs) Yes, it would be. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, yes, we're going to be talking about the barbarian, and also at the same time, it's kind of apropos for me because I am heading down to... Barbarian Days in Cross Plains, Texas. I believe it's Robert E. Howard Days. No, on Saturday it is called Barbarian Days. Barbarian Days? Yes. Nice. (laughs) Friday is the Robert E. Howard Day, or Days, but it's in conjunction with Barbarian Days in the town. Do you have a barbarian cosplay? Yeah. I don't think they do that down there. <laughs> you could be a trendsetter. I don't think you that might w- have a problem bringing the sword on the plane, though. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I do know that it is not a big event in the sense of like what we are used to in terms of conventions with thousands of people. I think this is more along the lines of hundreds of people. Yeah, maybe like topping two hundred. Wow. So, uh, but I'm, they have a postal cancellation event where you get oh. your stamp. Canceled at Cross Plains, Texas Post Station. Nice. On Barbarian Days. Does it have like a little Conan stand? Like, what's it look like? Is it I just... don't know. It's all new to all me. Right, well, I'll find out. Let us know. The next games people play, we will get a full rundown. Yes. So uh, I'll be down there for, um, for the day and hopefully come back with all kinds of cool things. So I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think anybody really wants to see Dean in a fur diaper. No. I'm pretty sure that's probably no, true. No, and I don't think that the barbarians are meant to be in fur diapers, and that's probably something we'll talk they're about. Not? Yeah, so we will. We will. No, mention. they're not supposed to be in fur diapers, <laughs> especially if you're from the tundra. You know. Yeah, I know it's cold. It would be cold. So it's cold. And everybody knows you fight better without that's pants the... anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I like a little more protection down there. <laughs> All right, well, I think it is time first for us to do our segment, Games People Play. So what have you guys been doing since the last time we got together? Well, I just got back from another convention. I know, surprise, surprise. (laughs) Um, I had gone down just for the day to DICON, which was another Collinsville, Illinois convention. 
Uh, they get a lot down there. They do, and they're hardcore. <laughs> like, uh, they came up, a lot of the guys come up for our Winter War convention, mm-hmm. so I wanted to return the favor. So uh, I actually was going to run two games and play one, but then, if, like normal, they had a problem finding uh, DMs. So I just said, well, just fill me in for three slots of DMing. Like normal, what do you mean? It's hard to find Game Master's. Dungeon Masters for conventions. I mean, especially for organized play. For organized play. Okay, Most that's people, what I was asking about. You know, yeah. you run, they run a lot of tables, and we just had a big discussion online about this. You know, are Adventure League DMs worse than other DMs? And the bar is pretty low because you're looking for bodies a lot of the time. So, yeah. um, but I went down there. They only have had five or six Adventure League tables. Decent-sized convention. They got a nice convention center down there. Mm-hmm. Uh had a good time and and <laughs> made an impulse purchase, I guess you'd call it. I, I wasn't going to buy anything. I'm trying to save money because I go to Origins in six days. Right, yeah. Um, but there was a guy who was apparently like cleaning out his gaming stuff, and he had a tub of miniatures, and he was super cheap. So I said, how about I just give you 40 bucks for the whole tub? $40? Oh, There was a lot smokes. of minis. Of course, most of them are unpainted. Yeah. Uh, but that's, Greg that's saw the good way to be. Yeah, you would be hating on him. He got some really nice stuff. Wow. And, so, and there was a, what was it, Ralph Partha? The, the, pa- the packaging I didn't even recognize. There was a, one. a lot of it was Ralph Partha. Not, uh, not all of it was, though. Mm-hmm. Those um, That Army of the Undead thing you got. You got four sets of yeah. Army of the Undead. Yeah. Did uh, this guy not same. know what he had, or is he just I think really he wanted just to get rid of it? getting rid of it. He, no. just, he had a lot. I also bought a package of uh, traveler starship maps for my pipe dream of running traveler at a convention that i've made very little progress on so <laughs> so that was my you know my thing and i've run my normal games I, 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 we started our new campaign yeah we spent uh had a nice lengthy zero session and uh we all made up new characters it was a very it, it was one of the more interesting character creation sessions i've ever been involved in because it started going one way and ended up going down a completely different path by the time we were done explain just because it Piques my curiosity. What do you mean? Well, it's uh, it's it's in the monthly campaign where the uh, the characters were all basically good characters, trying to help everybody, doing a lot of globe trotting. We had our TPK a couple runs ago, um, so I mean, most of the, the characters all got brought back, but we decided that they need a vacation. <laughs> Even though they're at 19th level, we're giving them a vacation. And we all created new characters, and we kind of assumed that the characters were going to be tied to the old characters in some sort of way and uh, with their sort of back of the mind end goal of achieving the same thing the other characters were well by the time it was over we have a group of almost evil characters who are working with one actual evil character. one actual evil character really? and then a whole lot of neutral characters all working for Clyde one of our former player character who got his alignment switched who we consider sort of our nemesis um <laughs> And uh, and we're like hanging out in the the, the capital of Ayuz, which yeah, is uh, Duraka. Duraka, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I and uh, starting a cult and starting a cult, yeah. So it's it's you wait. The party is starting a cult. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We are I, trying to gather. I enjoy followers. complex political machinations, mm-hmm. and the idea is that Clyde actually works for Ayuz. He's now a trusted general, and there's people working against him in the capital. But Clyde is in Critwell, which is very far away in the former Shield Lands. So he wants a presence in the capital. So he hires the party to go establish like a power base and be the eyes and ears for him. And the best way to do that 
is just to start a cult. Just pick some stupid. People are stupid. You know, pick a pick a topic and recruit people for your cult. It doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. As long as the people believe in it, you're fine, which is just like real cults. Yeah, he, he's, um, he's put us up in this right. boat, that the ship that barely qualifies as a ship. It's like a full-size ship that's been stripped clean and is barely afloat. And that's our lovely new home. And um, yeah, it's uh, it, and another odd group. I think uh, I think on yeah, the Facebook I, I said, page, I'm Eric, running uh, Greyhawk, and yeah. I said, you know, it helps if you guys are human based. Okay, so you can people can be other races, but I got to tell you, Greyhawk is mostly a human dominated society. Mm-hmm. So we ended up Bleh. with one human, two oh. Dwergar, one deep gnome, and. Tiefling. A tiefling. So they took your advice and just chucked just, it out the window. Yeah. So they, this party is far better suited to the Underdark than than the Overbright. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, Maybe uh, you'll have a TPK before you know it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Low level, it's easier. Yeah, a day, yeah. At the, a day at the beach and we're screwed. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Yeah, that, and that's all I've done uh, in the last couple of weeks. I uh, I missed most of my and, uh, recurring games uh on my vacation. So. And we, it was about, you know, four or five days ago and I'm still waiting on character name for Greg. Yeah. It, it could be, it could be another month or two before <laughs> I come up with a name. So that'll be an ongoing check-in we'll make from now on. What's your character's name, Greg? I don't know. Cool. I've never made up a tiefling. I've it never makes you wonder how long it took him to come up with his kids' name. Uh, my, that's what my wife's. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure Tammy just picked him. She oh, did yeah. not let him have a hand in that. No. Yeah, no, we had to approve, but yeah, yeah. She also d- you had d- a choice of two for each of them. <laughs> she also turned down his intricate backstory for their children. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a lot better than the real backstory. Wait, wait you want damn sure. you want our kids to be orphans? <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, wait, but yeah. Um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, this will be an interesting week though because of all the shuffling around. I, I get to I get to double game this week. So. If you count uh, when we played on Sunday, I will game three times in a seven-day period, which is like it's unheard a, of a freak out for me. Yeah, so uh, you're an empty nester now. Uh, well, Soon, well, no, he ain't going nowhere. Well, but you know. <laughs> I tell you what, my empty nesting has cut into my gaming time because we're doing so many other things. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I that, I, that a lot of travel, which we'll talk about after games people play. Right, it yeah. might interfere with our scheduling. That, but. Tr- that could. Uh, so, Eric, what about you? Well, I, I, I think I, mean, I gave mine, but then I'm going to jump in on yours, too. Okay. Um, you're going to jump in on mine? Okay. Uh, I did manage to play a couple of games, one uh, in advance of June 6th, because that's coming up the 75th anniversary of D-Day. I'll be playing a big Overlord game of Memoir 44 to celebrate hmm, or nice. to commemorate that day. Also got to play some Conan... <laughs> the Barbarian game, the board game by Monolith. In preparation for this podcast? Actually, yes. It was. I was like, you know what? I need to play that game. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, I was the Overlord, and I won. I did not kill Conan, but I certainly did not. There's a theme here going. You played Conan, and you were the Overlord, mm-hmm. and then you're playing a D-Day an game. An so any history game. buffs would see the connection. There. Yes, they would. They yeah. would. And then I also got to play... Um, uh, crime any sakes, I'm drawing a blank right now. Well, I'll jump in and just okay. say, just I had an earlier thought. If you don't know history, do you think you enjoy movies better, like more? Like Apollo 13, that would be an exciting movie if you had no knowledge of history. And like all those war movies. <laughs> yeah, that's like, fair. I wonder if that guy with the mustache yeah. ends up winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I wonder if the Americans win this war or <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, the British I are going to turn it so around. Maybe Dunkirk. that's an argument for just like abolishing history from the curriculum because it interferes with your enjoyment of movies. Yeah. I remember the uh, other games that I played. Patton's Best, which is a World War II uh, solo game where you're basically taking your tank and your, you know, your task force through the countryside of France. Yeah. And I also played This War of Mine, which takes place in war torn Sarajevo. Never heard really? of Really? Yeah, you've never played that game before? I've heard never of it? played that game. It is, it's a game that is not a fun game to play in the sense of like, oh yeah, our characters did this. It's all about surviving, like eating dogs, I, I, avoiding being raped, things like that. Yeah, I sort of well, have a like rule a that I like to, I don't want to. It's a co-op game. Play so. or recreate any event or period of history where there's still people living that have participated in that. That's just uncomfortable for me. I get that. I get that. But this game um, is written by people who had family members or themselves were part of that. Yeah. It still doesn't make it better and, for me. That's a little weird. It's it's interesting because what you do is you're playing against the board. You're at co-op and you have three characters. And even though you may have four or five players, you're still cooperative in the gameplay. But you're playing against the board. But sometimes you refer to this thing called the Book of Scripts. Which is kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Yeah. Where you, like, either give the little girl some food or you ignore her. Yeah, I don't <laughs> wow. know. See, that, I mean, I don't, some of our listeners might not be old enough to remember Sarajevo, yeah. but, but it's in the past, but I remember. I mean, it was a horrific war, civil yes. war, you mm-hmm. know, just war crimes aplenty. I don't know. It's, genocide, not fun. Yeah, is, I don't want to role play genocide. Right, and it is not a fun game. You're not sitting around laughing and, yeah, and giggling. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but it is fun in the sense of the gameplay. So, hmm. well, let's talk about a fun okay, game. Yeah. What about what about your <laughs> not uh, your now. Batman that you were going to bring up? Uh, Batman. I just got a new uh, magazine. From the Overlord magazine, these are the people who send out official uh, scenarios and such for like claustrophobia, sixteen forty five or sixteen forty three, and Conan, and they've got a lot of painting tips. But it's the new official scenarios for the Batman game that is coming out from uh, from Monolith, which I played, and last I did not weekend. even know it was in the hands of the backers. Yeah, yet. I was up at our fr- mutual friend Jessen Fawn. Uh, who who might be listening? They said they were going to listen at some point. Sure, um, but we have another friend, Jeremy, who kickstarted it. Mm-hmm. So we we played it. We're sort of figuring out the rules as we went because Jeremy had not played Conan. But I I the mechanics are very similar. It was fun. If you're a Batman fan, I could see where it would like yeah. they were talking about all the different versions of the good guys that you get to play and and there's a list here of the character bios i did not know that there were so many different ver- well i knew there were different versions of batman but they got the basic batman they've got the dark knight batman they got the zero year batman they got the year 100 batman yeah there's a lot i was yeah. like what the and heck? you know that game that game system is sort of growing on me i played yeah. conan with you and right. now i've played the batman i like the asymmetrical design mm-hmm. that one person plays the bad guys and their mechanic is different than the players. Right. But the scenarios are balanced. You know, it's you can't just wing it and make your own scenario, but... That is tough. I've tried to do that and I'm like, man, I don't know how to actually balance yeah, this out Yeah, there's a the lot of moving parts, but mm-hmm. I do sort of like it because it's yeah. a throwback to 
old D&D when things weren't balanced. Right. Yes. Where not everybody could be everything. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that is our segment, Games People Play. All right, well, let's get into this. This looks to be, uh, according to the outline we have here, quite a lengthy discussion yeah. on the Barbarian. Yeah, and we're running low on classes. I think we only have maybe three left after this. I think we need Sorcerer, Paladin, mm-hmm. maybe one more. Yeah. Monk? Yes, yeah. Monk. Um, but I do have to warn people. You are going to Robert E. Howard Days this weekend. Yes. I leave for Origins next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure we're going to make our deadline for the podcast after this one because probably not. If our listeners don't know, it's not just us sitting talking for an hour or an hour and a half. There's a lot of stuff that goes on the back end, a lot of recording. We do our bits. Um, so to be even, honest with you, even though we put out a maybe a one hour, one hour and ten minute podcast, it takes me somewhere close to three to five hours to actually get it produced. Yeah, and, and the <laughs> writing of the bits, if you've never done any, like, serious writing, it's its not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, sometimes, you know, it's not just spewing it on the paper. It takes a lot of <laughs> Well, sometimes it is, and that's the best sometimes, thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's our podcast. Is, you <laughs> <Yeah. know. laughs> our podcast is all pure That's spew. why that only takes an hour. We just spew it out there. Yeah. And, hey, but uh, so just be ready. We might... Our schedule might slip, yeah. but but barbarians, we uh, got this one prepped. Yeah, oh, we yeah. do. We, um, I want to talk a little bit about the whole word barbarian, just a bit here. Yeah, what a barbarian is. Okay, okay. I, you know what? Did have you did you look up the root? Because there's I did. barber from the Barbary Coast, is, right? But it was yeah. basically it's in most understanding a barbarian is someone who is perceived to be either uncivilized or primitive. Okay, yeah. compared to whomever is making that judgment. The Greeks used the term barbarian for all non-Greek-speaking people. Yeah, the Greeks are snobs. Okay. <laughs> they got their own yogurt. Like, And <laughs> apparently the root of the word barbarian comes from what they called the barbar language. They yeah. just said that was the language that these people were speaking. It was just a bunch just of barbar. Barbar, barbar, barbar. Is that a bear? Yeah. It's just barbar, barbar, barbar. Bar, okay. bar, bar. that, that was that... They were making fun of the people who didn't speak Greek. Well, I know in that podcast we mentioned last time, he talks a lot about the barbarians, which are basically the people from not in Rome, because by then it was Mm -hmm. later, it was the Romans. And they sort of had the same view. They ain't us. They're them. Yes. And they're all barbarians, and we don't care. Now, the the guy who does the podcast talks about the different groups and how they... But for the Romans, they were all just one big group. Right. They They were were just just all the barbarians, regardless of whether they're the Goths, the Visigoths, the whatever. Yeah. The Huns and everything else. So Um, so that's... That's where the word barbarian comes from. So I guess in the sense of D&D, the barbarian, does it still follow that whole... It has at times, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, so it's a strong archetype, right? I mean... Yes, it is. Even... And it's hard for people who didn't grow up during that era to realize how little fantasy stuff there was out there. Right. But prior to 1974. Okay. I wonder what that yeah, era was that you were era, talking the, about. The early era of D&D. <laughs> prior to okay. 1974, you did not have a lot. And the stuff you did have tended to be the strongest archetype. So you had the druids. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. You had, you know, the, the sort of Tolkien was out there, although that was a late edition. Fafford yeah. the Grey Mouser includes a barbarian. Conan includes a barbarian. 
right? So those were where they drew. There was also, uh, and Gray can speak on this more, uh, Gardner Fox, um, who had Kothar, the Barbarian. Now, what, what did you find out about that, Craig? Yeah, well, I um, I was aware of Gardner Fox. I wasn't aware to the extent that he did everything. He's actually a uh, comic book, known mostly as a comic book writer, uh, possibly one of the greatest and most prolific comic book writers that there is. He invented uh, The Flash, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and a whole slew of other DC characters. He invented the Justice League, the Justice Society, all that stuff. Did you um, not know that? Uh, I couldn't. I, I, I knew he wrote for DC. I didn't know how much he wrote for wow. DC. Yeah, I never heard of that. Um, I had no idea who he yeah, was. <laughs> I was not aware of the extent of his, uh, his writing, um, but I knew he was a golden age uh, author. Well, now Kothar. Um, well, what happens later on, though, is he uh, he gets into a uh, he got into a dispute with DC, as a lot of the writers and stuff <laughs> did back then. Yeah, they basically you know cut off all the bennies for all their older uh, writers, and he left, and a lot of the other guys left, and that was around the time he started cranking out uh, regular novels. Um, and that's when. What uh, year was that? Any idea? Uh, Seventy five. Seventy five. Oh no, not seventy five. No, Kothar is earlier than uh, that, isn't it? Yeah, Kothar is. Uh, that is. Uh, 69 to 70. Yeah. yeah. So, so those came out. So right around there. That. Yeah. yeah. He, there were five Kothar novels that, that he, yeah, he pooped those out in uh, in a two year period. And, yeah. uh, and, and he had some other ones. He had another one, uh, I think acrylic or Ky- Kyrick. Kyrick. Yeah. Kyrick. There was also another one that I found in some of my brief research is, as you know, Conan, uh, Conan, the barbarian Conan of Samaria, his God is Krom, right? Yeah. Well, Krom, this, this I have not this, prayed to you before. Yeah, this Gardner Fox guy made a barbarian called Crom the Barbarian. Nice. Oh, yeah, I, I did not <laughs> see that one. And the man, yeah. the man wrote everything. Yeah. yeah. Really. So, so he I did. mean, they were out there. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. that being said, was not an original character class. So it wasn't in ODD. It wasn't even in Player's Handbook AD and D. The oh. first time we saw a Barbarian was uh, July of eighty two. Wow, that's pretty uh, late. Gary, Gary Gygax, Mm -hmm. wrote an article for Dragon Magazine. And uh, I actually was was during the research. You know, you can find most of the old Dragon Magazines on uh, the internet in PDF form. It's so funny to look at those old magazines. (laughs) Oh, my. Like in one of them, there was an article about some miniature painter. And like, I don't want to brag because I'm an awful miniature painter, but I probably had the same quality as she did. Like, just the whole hobby has evolved so much since those early days. Um, but they had a feature article for this woman who like painted minis and and um, they by modern standards hey anyway, it was a decent paint job but it wasn't anything spectacular but anyway um, so it's funny to look at those old magazines the old ads and stuff the ads are the ads are great yeah um, so Gygax came out with this Barbarian and Dragon magazine and again sort of interesting just to notice I'm just going to talk about it briefly because one of the things I noticed right away was for ability scores. We've talked about how they used to, like, there was different versions for ability scores. You know, by the book was 3D6 in order. Nobody did right. it that way. Mm-hmm. Most people did 4D6, drop the lowest. And everyone, you know, now they're all about rules as written and rules as interpreted and everything. So Gygax, the guy who made the game, he's like, okay, by the way, here's how you generate ability scores for barbarians. For strength, you're going to roll 9D6 and take the best three. Oh, wow. <laughs> for intelligence, you're just going to roll straight 3D6. For wisdom, you're going to roll 4D4 because they're not very bright. For dexterity, we're going to roll 7d6 and take the best three because you know, they can be pretty dexterous. For constitution, we're going to roll 8d6 and take the best three and then just a straight 3d6 for wisdom. 
that would never fly nowadays. Yeah. Wow. Like just, when the creator of the game basically lets you do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, he's like, I just, I just wanted to whatever. do this. Like, it's, it's nowhere else in the game except for this one class. That's Dragon pretty cool, Magazine. though. Do you think maybe That's it was uh, a class that he had a real affection for? He did. He loved, yeah. my understanding from what I've heard, um, he loved the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. He included it in the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Right. Right. That was one of the cla- uh, the Barbarians. The other thing I've recently found out, Luke Gygax yeah. has been posting pictures, um, and he posted a picture of a one-horned unicorn. And, or sorry, a one-horned goat. unicorn goat. Yeah. Oh, okay. And- Hence the uni. <laughs> yeah. And the goat's name was uni. <sighs> okay. And it all comes together because remember in a cartoon, the unicorn would like bleat. It bleat. Yeah. It was a damn goat. Yeah. It that, just looked that like a horse. unicorn was because the whole family apparently loved this goat. I don't know where it lived. I didn't get a lot of details. But that Uni the Unicorn was actually based on this real goat that huh. they would see. Well, it's Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do have to uh, question, not question, but uh, think a little bit about the cartoon. What was the barbarian kid's name? Bobby. Bobby, Bobby the Barbarian. Presto the Magician. And he was wearing a fur diaper. Yes, he was. How weird is that? Yeah. It's a little creepy. He's like, what, a 10-year-old kid wearing a fur diaper? Did he soil it? or did he? (laughs) I mean, that would be weird if he just decided, I'm just going to put myself. Yeah. 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 So Um, there was a lot of weird things about that cartoon. And if nobody's seen the new car commercial from South America, there's a car commercial, a live action version of... The D&D cartoon, which is apparently, I think it's Brazil. It's um, or Portuguese. Yes, it would be Brazil. Well, I didn't know if it was actually a Portuguese. No, I think it's from it's Brazil. Portugal. But apparently the D&D cartoon is still huge in Brazil. <laughs> okay, wow. that's weird. The random thing. We'll, link, we'll, we'll post a link to the, the cartoon. And the characters are look, spot on. They are spot on. I wonder if the same people that did that Wacky Racers commercial a couple of years ago. I don't know. It's some big car that? company, not one that sells America. It's kind America. of disappointing that Brazil or Portugal or wherever it's from managed to pull off something that looked that good using D&D. Oh, and they didn't do dude, it here if they in the did US. A live, if they hired those people to do live action, I would subscribe. I would oh, pay yeah. $15 a month to watch it, a live action D&D yeah. cartoon. Same with Knights of the Dinner Table, if nobody's read that comic. Um, mm-hmm. They were supposed to do a movie, and there was a whole fiasco about it because the guy who was going to do it was a scam artist and everything. But- Oh, my God, would I love to watch a Night to the Dinner Table. We'll put a link to Night to the Dinner Table if people aren't aware of that because it's also <laughs> yeah. a, a really popular. It's been big for a really long time. So so he came out with this, and right away they had all kinds of weird rules, many of which made it into the first official version of The Barbarian, which appeared in Unearthed Arcana in 85. Okay. And I played one of these. I had Chaka the Barbarian back, <laughs> back in Chaka. Chaka. Oh, my God. Yep. Land of the and, Lost. And, the lost. and that uh. was my, I think it might have been my first D&D prop. I had a little plastic club. <laughs> and I would bring the little plastic club and Chaka would speak in broken English. Chaka no like magic user. <laughs> right? Um, but here's what I remember and here's what Unearthed Arcana has. You get experience for destroying magic items. Yes. And the party hated me. Oh my gosh, yes. I remember that. I remember some of my players who were playing Barbarian like trying to like snap magic swords in half and the fighters just flipping out. They did not like wizards. They would tolerate clerics uh, for like low level. But 
in the unearthed by the time it made it to unearth arcana as you gained level you became more tolerant of magic so you eventually could use potions magic you weapons actually magic armor a little bit, yeah. yeah and sounds it, a little bit like our favorite barbarian yes conan yes exactly um but here's the problem with the unearthed arcana barbarian they gave them all these ill-defined skills that no other class had right so as if AD&D wasn't wacky enough you know they get all their other stuff then they're like, oh, by the way, they can also climb cliffs and trees, like climb walls, but not really. They can hide in natural surroundings. So, so they can climb things. Like hide in shadows. They can only climb natural surfaces. Yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. But what, what qualifies as a natural surface? Who knows? Okay. They can hide in natural surroundings. So just like, like hide in shadows for a rogue, but not really, because it's only, so again, what counts as natural surroundings? There's, you know, they have a surprise chance back protection. Somebody tries to backstab them. They have a percentage chance to negate the backstab and turn it into a regular attack. Apparently, they're good at leaping and springing. They get special rules (laughs) for how far they can go. Yeah. And they can detect illusion and detect magic because they don't like it. They can detect it. Um, So then, (laughs) in addition to that, we give them these extra skills, which in retrospect, like if you make a fifth edition character, you generally start with somewhere between four and six, maybe seven skill proficiencies. Barbarians get survival, first aid, outdoor craft, tracking, animal handling, horsemanship, long distance signaling, running, small craft paddled, small craft road, sound imitation, and a native territory feature. Oh, and they can summon their horde, which is just all their friends. All of that is basically trying to recreate. The iconic barbarian from the Howard stories, the Fox stories, all of those stories. All at once. All at once <laughs> yes. into one character. Oh, my yeah. God. So there was a lot going on, and people complained. People were like, why would you play anything but a barbarian? Right. Because remember, <laughs> like, a fighter in AD&D could wear armor and hit things with a sword. And you got multiple attacks at high levels. Yeah. And you got some followers later on. I mean, the but, barbarian is better than the ranger. Yes, yes. So yeah. so people complained. So uh, there was a a revision that came out in Dragon uh, 148 in August of 89. So about four years after, I don't kind of say, whoa, 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 simmer down. And, and I, I have it in front of me. Um, in the first paragraph, they say, the class has come under fire recently with claims that it is too powerful and too vaguely defined. <laughs> no. All right. And then he goes on to to make some revisions for the Barbarian, which is sort of the evolution how of the long game. Did that, how long did that take for that to come Four out? years. Ah. So after power gamers like me took control of the Barbarian and smashed all the all the baddies, somebody was like, yeah, we don't need that. So hey, they do some revisions. They clarify some rules. They get rid of the, the detect magic and detect illusion. Like, rightfully, yeah. he's like, wait a minute. They never see magic, but all of a sudden they can detect it. That makes no sense. And those are pretty and, powerful and, and abilities. And in general, they're not very bright, and then but they can figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Was this also at the same time? that they came out with the uh, Conan modules. Yeah, yeah, modules. that would have been about safe. And Conan then, Unchained. And then the they CB. also... Yeah, the CB ones. There was one, two, and three, I think. But then yeah. they also came out with a complete game system for Hyborian Age uh, settings and such with a, where they kind of reworked the rules yeah, for it's, D&D. It's always been really popular. I don't remember mm-hmm. the Hyborian-specific D&D one. Yeah. But I know there have been a lot of Conan games. Right. Well, they're um, a couple of the original first edition Conan slash Hyborian D&D games at uh, Gen Con this year. Yeah. Huh. I thought about getting into them. I was like, wow, I've never played that. That sounds interesting. You know, 
low fantasy, so there's different settings. Tolkien is considered high fantasy, right? right? So yeah. you have elves and dwarves and magic rings Lots and magic, magic swords. And, you know, there's not as many wizards, but um, Conan is, or Conan, depending on your pronunciation, is low fantasy. There's not a lot of magic. There's, right. uh, you know, it's gritty. It's realistic. You're more pounding stuff. I like low magic settings mm-hmm. or low fantasy settings. Um, they can be fun to play. So if people haven't tried that, maybe maybe give one of those a go. But um, so that was a D and D second edition. Not a lot of development. They came out with the the complete fighters handbook that had all the extra barbarian kits. Um, now, one thing they had done was um, jumping back for a second in Oriental Adventures, which came out uh, much later. And I don't have the year for that. They had barbarians in there as well, and those were much better balanced. Hmm. And rather than your typical Oriental adventures had the yes, barbarian had a class. barbarian class, really? um, but they were based in uh, steppe warrior forest or jungle. Uh, the original barbarian in AD and D was more like huh. tundra desert, the the sort of hard to survive in mm-hmm. areas. Uh, but I, I sort of like the way Oriental adventures went with it, with like, oh, we're going to have a jungle barbarian or a step warrior, like a Mongol. Which yeah, makes that's sense. what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah it makes perfect sense. Yeah, so that one actually got a lot of uh, praise for being a, a well balanced class. Um, and then second edition, five, you know, complete fighter's handbook stuff like that. Um, third edition came out and turned him into a base class, which sort of makes sense. It is, like I said, a strong archetype. I'm surprised it wasn't included originally. They uh, were the only class to begin the game illiterate. I have to question that. Why illiterate? Because the the archetypes for the barbarians that they're coming from are all very literate. Fafford the Barbarian is a very literate guy. I don't know if it's really addressed all that much. I mean, yeah, but and Fafford's not your, your typical. See, it's even hard to call him a barbarian. I mean, if you're looking at a historical precedent, like in that Rome podcast, mm-hmm. he's like, all we have are the Roman historians' versions, which are biased because yes. they didn't write anything down. They didn't have a written language. Like the Huns, the Goths, the Visigoths, like none of those had a written language. So, um, so they translates into illiterate. Yeah. I guess yeah. So. So, so we're illiterate. So there I think know. that's that's where it's coming from. Um, day, third edition gave him half orc as a favorite class, which uh, that's okay. it's kind of a no brainer. Give, give the half orc mm-hmm. something, yeah. you know. They do so much for everybody else. Um, <laughs> and then they added the rage mechanic. Now, up till now, as far as I know, they didn't have like a rage mechanic. There might have, I don't know if there was a berserk thing. And Well, they didn't need it. They had everything else. Yeah, yeah it's say. true. And they did, got multi-attacks. And it, I had to laugh because I saw the uh, three every two, you know, that, mm-hmm. that would never fly anymore. Wait a minute. I don't get two attacks around. I have to wait every other round to get, to get an extra attack. Um, Kind so of makes you wonder how we even managed to play the game back then. <laughs> yeah, and and they did have a a berserker. A lot of times right. there was a homebrew class, the berserker, which was sort of like there was a precursor to the rage mechanic. Uh, but they finally added rage as a mechanic in third edition, and you know they got extra bonuses. They got bonuses to um, strength, con, and will saves, and they added hit points, like fake temporary hit points that went away when the rage ended. So if you took that damage. And use only temporary hit points. When you ended your rage, you didn't have any damage. You were sort of fine, um, which worked good. Now we get to fifth edition. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. 
So D12 hit dice, I guess we didn't mention that. Um, they've always had big hit points. Well, that's their fun. They are the tank. They are. They are, you know, and this is the something unarmored tank. <laughs> that I always, I sometimes have to explain to new players in fifth edition. They're always complaining uh, about, well, my armor class isn't very good. And I'm like, you don't get it. Your hit points are your armor class. Yeah. Like you're going to get hit, but you're a only lot. taking half damage if you're doing it right. And you have a 12 sided hit die. You just suck up the damage. Like, truthfully, the difference between a 15 and a 16 or a 14 and a 17 is usually not that significant. You're still going to take a lot of damage. So just treat your hit points as your armor class. Yeah. You know, that's your defense. Your hit points are your defense. Um, so they get to still get a D12. They got a D12 originally. That's, and that's good because I feel bad for the lowly D12. It rarely gets <laughs> the underused used. die. It doesn't yeah. get used yeah. much. Yeah, it rarely gets used. It's I, I played dice. a character and cast Witchbolt for for many sessions just because I wanted to roll my D12. <laughs> Arguably one of the worst spells in the game if you look at it mechanically. Mm-hmm. Um, Your dice, thank you. Yeah, but my dice appreciate it. I like the way they roll too. They're sort of round. They're not as round as 20, but... As close as you're going to get. But yeah, but pretty good. Um, so keep the rage mechanic you know they get a bonus on strength that starts at two goes all the way up to four on on strength melee weapon damage which now another quick aside near impossible to play a deck space barbarian because all their abilities or a lot of their abilities are based on strength they have to be using strength in order to get the benefit of that ability yeah so i hear a lot of people complain about that well i want a deck space barbarian well Well, then you want then you don't want a barbarian yeah (laughs) you're not gonna do a very good job um they get advantage on strength saves and skill checks while they're raging. Uh, they get the resistance to uh, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, but not other damage types, which is something else new players often uh, um. miss. Now, there, we'll talk about that later. There is a way to get, get resistance to other stuff if you go a certain path. Um, and then they can't cast and they can't concentrate on spells while they're raging. So that limits your multi-class options. Uh, you really, a spell-casting barbarian... Mm-hmm. Might not work all that well. What will you do? They get on. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, I have a barbarian, and I have a pure barbarian build that I'm going to talk about. Ooh. But I have to have friends in order to play it. Um, <laughs> they're, they're your multi-class. <laughs> yes, they're my multi-class. external multi-class. Um, it, it, so they get unarmored friends. defense, and as everything else, if you have multiple ways to figure your armor class, you have to pick one way, and that's your armor class. Another rule a lot of people miss. Okay, so if you have unarmored defense, which is 10 plus your dex modifier plus your con modifier being your armor class, and then you throw armor on, you have to pick one of the two, and that's your armor class. You don't get to stack them. Um, Second level, reckless attack. So on the first attack of of your turn, you can decide you're going to attack recklessly, and you get advantage on your roll, but then all the bad guys, you get advantage on your roll against that target, and then all the bad guys have advantage to hit you. So sometimes people miss that. They think mm-hmm. it's only their target that has advantage. Yeah. It's nice if you only have one target. Right. Yes. Yeah. And if you're playing it right, usually that's the case. Yeah, uh, I don't use that a whole lot. They also get danger sense. Uh, they get advantage on dexterity saves if they can see the source of the saving throw, essentially. If they see it coming, they get advantage on their saving throw, which is nice. Yeah, that's nice. Third level, they get to pick their path. Their primal path. And we'll talk about all those paths once we get through the the base abilities. Fifth level, they get extra attack 
So they get to attack twice around, like most everybody but the fighter. All the other fighter types, melee types, usually get that extra attack. Rangers, paladins, barbarians get that second attack when they take the attack action. And they get fast movement, plus 10 to their movement speed, which if you're building one of those character classes that can run at like 5,000 miles an hour, usually you throw in some barbarians so you can pump that base movement speed up by 10. Seventh level, Feral Instincts. They get advantage on initiative rolls. And if they're surprised, and then the player says, well, I'm going to rage, they're not surprised. They get to act normally during the surprise round, which is a weird mechanic. Not sure I'm, I like that one. It's a little, little metagamey. Ninth level, Brutal Critical. They get to add an extra die when they roll a critical hit. Nice. Then at 13th level, they get to roll two extra dice. And at 17th level, they get to roll three extra dice. Holy smokes. And remember, if you're a half-orc, you already get an extra die because they have that ability. Mm -hmm. So you would theoretically be rolling at 17th level six dice. If you're using a D12 like you should be, like a true barbarian, a D12 (laughs) weapon, Uh, that's six D12. I don't know if I own six D12s. I know somebody who can loan you some. I I probably do. Uh, I might have a couple. Yeah, Greg probably has a couple. So Greg should play. And and you could go fighter, because remember, you only need to be 17th level. Go fighter, get up to second, and take the whichever one it is has the expanded crit range. So you oh, crit right, on a 19 yeah. to 20. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. I think I, I have a new barbarian build. Yeah, that mechanic could be that, that would be nasty. Six dice. Expanded you can't sneak paladin in there so you can <laughs> smite when you crit, too. That'd be good. But... You know, say la vie. Um, 11, Relentless Rage. So here's another sort of tricky one. If you drop to zero hit points, well, first, if you drop zero hit points and you're half-orc, you don't drop to zero hit points anyway. You just bounce, bounce back up at one, one time per lo- per rest, long rest. But at 11th level, if you're a barbarian and you actually drop to zero hit points, you get to make a DC 10 con save, which you're going to make because you're right. a barbarian yes. and you're proficient in con and you're 11th level. And if you make it, you drop to one instead. So basically, you're popping up once because you're a half-orc. Then you're going to pop up once because you're a barbarian. And then every time you take damage after that, uh, you can do that again, and you add five to the con save. So it's 15, 20. Mm -hmm. So it could be really tough to drop a barbarian, you know, who's at zero hit points. Yep, that's what they're for. Um, So that's sort of cool. That's a a cool ability. 15, Persistent Rage. The rage just keeps going and going and going. Um, normally, it ends after a minute, or if you don't take damage or inflict damage. It says your rage is so fierce that it ends early only if you fall unconscious or you choose to end it. Yeah, and because you have that ability that prevents you from falling unconscious, <laughs> yeah, it's going to go on and on and on. Nice. At 18, Indomitable Might. Uh, your strength. If you have to make a strength check... And you roll lower than your strength score, you can take your strength score. At 18, your strength is probably 20. So basically, if you're doing you know, it right, you, you have a 20 on every mm-hmm. strength check. Yeah. And at 20th level, Primal Champion, you get plus four to your strength and to your con, and the maximum score increases to 24. Nice. It's that, pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. That there's Conan right there. Yeah, yeah. twenty-four strength, twenty-four con. Yeah, Something there's been a to. lot of Conan builds over the last number of years with D and D and such, and I think they are all trying to encompass this whole, you know, 
as we said before, trying to create the character all at one time, which is what the early Barbarian was. Yeah. And almost all of these builds pull in other... They're multi-classes. You have to. Because yeah. Conan was a rogue. Yeah. He was a thief, right? Mm-hmm. He was started a Barbarian, clearly. He was right. from... from you know, the, the wild lands. But then he sort of went the typical fighter. He would wear armor yeah. in some of the stories mm-hmm. and fight with a variety of weapons. The one I like the best, it came from a guy who's, uh, he's a DM who is trying to basically make Hyborian age characters and a, and a world. And he went with 11th level barbarian, uh, 5th level rogue, 3rd level fighter, and something else to make it a full 20. It was King Conan, basically. Yeah. Um, but he did not underpower any of the stats. Most either. of the ones that I see are very low-level barbarian. Mm-hmm. Five rogue sounds about right. He wasn't primarily a thief. He, he had the abilities, right? So a, a, yeah. a low to middling level rogue and the rest fighter. Because Conan didn't ever really go into a rage, right? He just had like, he would have... Great feats of strength mm-hmm. and and you know throw weapons and do crazy right. stuff. So those are you know probably the most realistic in my mind. That's the ones I appreciate. Yeah. I'll have to uh, provide the link for this. It's Hyborian Adventures for D and D Five E. Yeah, it's got all kinds of stuff for all this. If you're a fan of the Conan uh, genre, then it's uh, all right there. So all right, well let's keep on going. Yeah. So so the paths. Uh, the first path, player's handbook path, Berserker, mm-hmm. uh, you get, you choose this at third level. You get the ability to frenzy, which is different From than rage. the reckless attack. So in a frenzy, as a you get to take a bonus action attack on every round that you're frenzied. Nice. So you get that extra attack. And if you're using like a two-handed weapon, you're not using your bonus action for anything. Barbarians yeah. don't, don't really use it. They use their bonus action to enter their, their rage. But then after that, they, they got nothing going on because yeah. they're chop, not chop, using chop. an offhand. So Frenzy's sort of nice, but you take a level of exhaustion when it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exhaustion sucks. Oh, yes. One level's not bad, but if you start to build them, <laughs> it sucks. Oh, at, at all levels, exhaustion sucks. I, just, <laughs> I hate exhaustion. <laughs> it is a mechanic that will kill you. Uh, at sixth level, Mindless Rage, you become immune to Fright and Charm. Yeah, okay, that's... That's okay. Tenth level, intimidating like presence. You frighten your target. So you can make a check yeah. and frighten your target. Now, do you have that pulled up there? Dave? Yes, I do. Um, uh, it's at tenth level, as you said, you uh, use your action to frighten someone with your menacing presence. Uh, it's one creature within 30 feet. And do they make a roll? And if they can see or hear you, it must succeed on a wisdom-based saving throw. Uh, DC equal to eight plus your proficiency bonus plus your charisma modifier. And that's where I don't like it. Because of the charisma? Because of charisma. Intimidation should not be a charisma-based skill. That's true. It should default to strength. Yeah. And if someone is using more verbal, then you should use a charisma. Or maybe break it into two skills. I I don't know. I don't like the fact that 90% of the time when players at my table are trying to use intimidate, they're doing it physical intimidation. They're mm-hmm. not doing it yeah. verbal. So it just seems like that should be the default for intimidation. No, that's fair. I like that. So that's so what would you change out? I would I would let them do... Uh, strength for charisma? Yeah, I would do strength for charisma because 
generally you're trying to intimidate people with your physical presence, mm-hmm. not with, hey, I'm smarmy and I could I could hurt your feelings if you don't do what I want. <laughs> that's uh, a different barbarian. Yes, that's, that is. Which we'll talk about. Uh, 14, retaliation. If a creature damages you, you can use your reaction to attack that creature if it's within five feet, which they normally are. That's sort of good. Yeah. Barbarians aren't yeah. using their reactions for much. They're not casting shield. They're not casting counter spell. They might have an opportunity attack, but you're still getting an attack. As a as a 14th level ability, mm. yeah, it's questionable, but it's not bad. Overall, the Path of the Berserker is the least... Uh, it has the least amount of benefits to it. Yeah, but it's straightforward. I think that's your generic yeah. barbarian. Like when we did druids, we talked about this is the English druid. Yeah. You know, the, the classic druid. The right. classic druid. This is the classic barbarian. This is just your berserker barbarian. You you fly into that rage and, mm-hmm. and you're impossible to stop. Yeah, whether you like it or want to use it or anything, it's got to be in there because that's a defining version of that character type. Now, that being said, that's that's not the only way to play a barbarian. That's right? true. There are many ways to play a barbarian. And, and I think we have a sample. Yes. A uh, job interview for, for a barbarian. Yes, there was a job interview that had uh, uh, a secret recording going on. And that's what, let's give that a listen. Yeah, they're not all the same. All these applicants are crap. You would think an adventuring group with our reputation would attract better recruits. Maybe word has gotten out about the fate of our last fighter. Regardless, we need a replacement before taking on the Lich Lord. Let's get on with this. The next applicant looks promising. A barbarian. Hmm. Lothar Thunderbelch. Good day, gentlemen. I'm here about the advertisement. Um, I think you may have the wrong room. We were looking for Lothar Thunderbelch. Oh, quite. Indeed, I am Lothar Thunderbelch. It's a family name. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. This this can't be right. It says on your application that you're a barbarian. Indubitably. I can be right randy in a scrum. You don't really seem to be the type to go into a berserk rage. Poppycock. Get me miffed and it's pinch punch first of the month. I've popped some clogs in my day. The penmanship on this application is exquisite. Why, thank you. My primary education was somewhat lacking, but I make up for it during my graduate studies. Wait, wait, one minute, wait a minute. You went to graduate school? Indeed. Waterdeep College of Swords, class of 1491. Top of my class. I will cop to the occasional raging bender during my years at uni. <laughs> Uphold the family name and all that guff. And what about your getup? That's some pretty fancy armor and duds you have there. I thought all you barbarians were the fur, diaper, and boots sorts. Oh, my good man. If I had a quid for every time someone said or thought that, I'd be hiring you to do my bidding and my hut would have indoor plumbing. Well. Yeah. I that mean, was different. I suppose that, yeah. That right there is some quality role play. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> Not everybody has to be the mindless, you know, the... Yeah. the Hard to understand speaking in broken English type of. Uh, I would of love barbarian. to have that barbarian play at my table. Yeah, yeah that would, would be, be fun. fun. So. Kind of reminds you of somebody like you know from a what's that that old Spice commercial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that he can be right, Randy in a scrum. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's a good. lot of googling going on there. There was a lot of googling involved in writing that bit. Yeah. I will admit, and he he eschews the whole. And, Fur pinch, diaper thing. Pinch punch first of the month. Yeah. No idea what that was, but it worked. 
that maybe some of our, our uh, UK listeners, you can, know, our, our vast can, UK can make fun of us for our poor knowledge of Before UK. Before we go too far, we do have to give some credit to uh, fellow podcasters, uh, Rogues in the House. Uh, Rogues in the House. I reached out to them for some ideas because that's what their podcast is about. Yeah, they, they do it's all barbarians. barbarians all the time. Okay, yeah. or sword and sorcery and that type of stuff. And um, Matt, Alex, and Logan chimed in on it and gave us a little bit of yeah they took the of germ the germ of the idea yeah. i was like oh yeah that would be funny yeah so, and that's uh, that's sort of the kind of stuff that we do yeah so thank you very much to the rogues yeah, in the thanks. house always yeah. nice to yeah, that's to a good podcast cross for lies yes okay <laughs> right. carrying on we are talking about now the totem warrior yeah so totem warrior was an original player's handbook class but then the sword coast adventures guide added elk and tiger it was originally bear eagle and wolf yeah so when we cover it we're gonna sounds cover like it. the boy scouts for barbarians it does. yeah, yeah. cub scouts <laughs> let's not confuse the two that's true okay that's yes. right uh but you got your eagle no now you got your eagle. i wasn't gonna nitpick yeah yeah that is yeah that's they should call it the cub scout barbarian more a wood badge thing maybe <laughs> no because <laughs> cub scouts have bear eagle wolf and tiger well tigers are very the really young yeah. kids now now tiger cubs. no i think they've got something even earlier than Tiger Maybe. Now. I mean, basically, they're recruiting them in the diapers. And you know what? They are sort of barbarian-like. They are. Small they children. Are, yeah. Having been a pack leader for Cub right. Scouts, <laughs> they are now. tiny little yeah. barbarians. So this, that is totally this archetype is actually based on Cub Scouts. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. Meeting. Yeah, if you if you don't if you doubt that go to a Cub Scout pack meeting and you will see a horde of barbarians, mm-hmm. especially uh, if they've got no activities planned. Then, yes. Yeah, oh my yes. god. Or yes. if there's a lot of sugar. It, it says right here. Like cake. You must make or acquire Cookies. a physical totem uh, that incorporates fur, feathers, claws, teeth and bones. That's pretty much what Cub Scouts is all about. Yeah. Fur, teeth, claws. <laughs> I'm surprised we had never made that connection before. Hi. Right. So, let's talk about this. Third level Spirit Seeker, you gain beast sense and the ability to speak with animals as rituals. So, you're not really a ritual caster, but if you yeah. take 10 minutes, that's sort of cool. That's, you know, sort of a role play kind of thing. You have I've to never like, used it. You have to attract the little bunny before you can talk to it, I guess. I don't know. And then you, sw- and you whack it with then your you axe. you whack it with your, your club. Straight up Aquila. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you also pick an animal as your totem. And depending on what animal you pick, you get different abilities as you progress. So, and you get these abilities at 3, 6, and 14. Okay, all of them at 10th give you the ability to commune with nature as a ritual, which is another spell that theoretically you get to cast, but you're not really casting. So I'm just going to cover each of the animals for 3, 6, and 14. So if you're a bear, you get resistance to all damage types except psychic. Which is nice. That is very nice. Because my favorite DM trick for taking down barbarians is poison. Mm. You get that barbarian in the middle of a fight. Oh, half damage, half damage, half damage. Take 28 poison. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he ah. nearly said exactly what most of the players say. <laughs> they drop the F-bomb. Yeah. Because they take all of that. And then they take it again and again. And it's before I long. laugh at your poison. Yeah. So bear is nice. Then you get... Uh, Times two carrying capacity, advantage on strength checks to push, lift, or break, or pull. So you're strong. <laughs> yes. Um, and All then finally those. at 14, while you're raging, 
Creatures within five feet have disadvantage on attack rolls against other targets. So bad guys within five feet of you have to attack you or they have disadvantage on their attack rolls. So you're just like, hit me, hit me. That's sort of good too. So bear's pretty strong. Eagle. Disadvantage on opportunity attacks against you while you're raging. Yeah, you know what? You shouldn't be doing crap that results in opportunity attacks anyway. I guess it's good. It happens. The idea being the second part of that ability is that you can dash as a bonus action. Which would normally be good. Well, that's how you're drawing the opportunity attacks is your dash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> I think linked. that's the thing. But you have to rage as a bonus action. You have to frenzy as a bonus. Well, I guess you're not frenzying because you're not going to be a, a, a but, berserker. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you could be a running barbarian. At six, Eagle, you can see one mile and you have no disadvantage on dim light. I don't like that one. Because as a DM, it's the, yeah, eagle, it's the it's eagle eye feature. Yes, it's eagle eye. How far is a mile? I don't know. Like, how well, you know, can you how read, far, can you read much, a scroll from a mile? Yeah, can exactly. You, how much detail can you, like you're you not can supposed see to be able candle, to read. And here's our illiterate. throwback to Unearthed Arcana. Ill-defined. Yeah. So this is an ill-defined ability. Someone's going to argue all day long. Well, I can see a mile. Yeah. How much can you see it a mile? Yeah. At, at what, you know, yeah. give me a 20, 20, 20, 50. I don't know. 25,200. Okay. Uh, then, and also it's like, how often are you using that? Like for, mm. for core ability, whatever. At 14th no. level, while you're raging, you gain a fly speed equal to your walking speed. Wait. What? So you just what? suddenly learn how to fly. Yes. Because you're an eagle. You, you huh? fly like an eagle. Wait, how, you don't how? polymorph into the eagle? You just know. start to fly. No, I think you just fly. You just fly. What the hell? I don't know. Maybe I didn't read through that one real carefully. I didn't when I was picking, and I didn't remember that. Yeah, I'm, you know. I'm eagle. Okay. Uh, yeah, fly speed's great. I guess that's what, when you're going to draw the opportunity. That's a 14. 14. Okay. That's pretty high, though. Okay, Still. so. <laughs> I know. Wolf. Allies no have advantage on melee attacks against creatures within five feet of you while you rage. So if I'm standing in the middle of a scrum, <laughs> my allies can hit any bad guys within five feet of me and have advantage. They that's too can be randy with you. Yeah, yes. they can be randy. Pinch, that's, punch, that's, that's, that's your, your pack skill. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. They can also travel track at a fast pace. So normally tracking slows you down. Oh, yeah. And they can stealth at a normal pace. It's kind of oh, cool. Nice. Which, which is a cool. nice, always handy. clearly defined mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> and at 14, they can use a bonus action to knock larger, smaller creatures prone when they hit with a melee attack. Which would seem like a good ability, except it's highly dependent on when you go in the initiative order, whether it matters or not, which I don't like. That is a problem with 5th edition. But still, a decent ability. Now we got Elk. Elk and Tiger. So elk adds 15 to your walking speed. That's pretty good. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a that's, lot. They yeah. got long legs, those elks. Yeah. Then at six, they travel. Anytime you're traveling, your pace is doubled for you and your companions. So you're huh. booking. You're like, you're hauling ass through the woods. Yeah, I mean, wake turbulence is dragging everybody yeah. along with yeah, you. I guess so, yeah. something like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, the dwarf and the halfling never used, move so fast. Used yeah. to live in a. New Hampshire, and they had a moose, which is not an elk, but it's related, walk by their window, and they had like a split level, you know, the one that's like... Yeah. So their their bay window was 10 feet off the ground, 
and they see this rack of moose antlers just bobbing by their window. <laughs> Those things are huge. They are. Yeah. My wife used to live in Alaska, and she says that uh, um, more often than not, especially if you're in a regular sized car, you could drive under them. Yeah. They're big. Big, big. Hmm. So, not that that's an elk, but I would play it as a moose if I, you know, name him Bullwinkle and <laughs> Bullwinkle the Barbarian. Okay. So, at 14, if you're an elk, you can use a bonus action to move through a space of larger or smaller. So, as your movement, and you move into their space using a bonus action, they then have to make a save or they get knocked prone and take 1d12 plus your strength damage. So, it's like a bonus action attack, but you're knocking it prone and doing some damage. And you get to use that uh, D12 again. And you get to use the D12, which is the official barbarian die. It is. Used by bar- barbarians across the world, the D12. So, <laughs> elk, not so bad. It's it's okay. Now, tiger, uh, at third level, it increases your long jump and high jump distances. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's Great. what I always wanted. Great. I mean, if you're... If you're entering the Greyhawk Olympics, tell us oh how man, you feel there's about our that bit. Uh, there's our bit, the Greyhawk Olympics. Uh, the Tiger Barbarians, you know, just on the medal, the long the gold medal guy, podium. Yeah. Yep. Unfair advantage. Yeah, no phosphorus doping for them. So. Barbarian doping. <laughs> um, everything that the yeah. Tiger has yeah, is good, yeah, dedicated some, to basically movement. Yeah. And, so then at sixth level, because, you know, you're a little disappointed at third level. You don't jump that often. But at sixth level, I'm sure it'll be better. You gain two proficiencies in athletics, acrobatics, stealth, or survival. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. But clearly at 14. You get to go even more. Yes. If you run 20 feet or more in a straight line, then you get to make a melee attack as a bonus action. Okay, but doesn't another one give you a bonus action melee attack? Uh... Right? Didn't didn't where did we see that one at? Oh my gosh, there's so much. There is. We just talked about it. Uh uh-huh. track stealth. Uh CMO. the eagle a dash no? No. No, no maybe no. it was a core. Yeah. Yeah, I think Could've it was one of the earlier ones. Yeah, anyway. We've already forgotten. <laughs> those two suck. Sword Coast Adventures, Coast so Barbarian Archetypes are not at all equivalent to the earlier ones. Um I don't know why fifth level extra attack. they even made it through. So I don't know. So the bear, the wolf, see a lot of those. See a lot of bears, see some wolves. Don't see too many eagles, but see a lot of bears and wolves. Eagle is harder to attain. <laughs> That's true. Now we're in Boy Scouts. <laughs> well, we have the eagle. Out of 100 barbarians, only two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Ancestral Guardian. So this came out of Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And essentially, I like the concept of these. The, the Xanathar's classes have good concepts behind them. So the concept is that you're drawing upon your ancestors to provide guidance, protection, support. And there's a lot of cultures that do that. You know, in, in Japan, you have shrines to your ancestors. Yeah, That's, that's sort of a cool, cool concept. So at third level... When you rage and you hit a creature, the first hit you make, they become your target, and they get disadvantaged if they try to attack anybody but you, and 
I believe you have resistance. Is that? Uh, yeah. Until the start of your next turn, that target has disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't against you. And that target has resistance to their damage. And when the target hits a creature other than you with an attack, that creature has resistance. Yeah. So yeah. basically, they're going to attack you. You're like, mm-hmm. it's it's like uh, that 10% cut that they did across the federal budget like five years ago. They They made it so bad that nobody would ever choose... <laughs> to let it go into effect, and then we let it go into effect. So same deal, except not a federal budget. I'm a federal employee, by the way, so store irks, still irks me. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, six level, spirit, shield. When you're raging, you can use a reaction to reduce the damage of somebody within 30 feet of you by 2d6, and it goes up to 3d6 at 10th level, 46 at 14th level, right? At yes. Some higher level. Yeah. yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice. Uh, yeah, so you can sort of pass on your damage reduction. Especially at 6th so, level, so you get to keep that using for And uh, like Abduration Wizards, I th- or I think they get that, that same thing with their Abduration Ward. They can project it, projected ward, and protect an ally. It's sort of a nice way to be a team player. 10th level, Consult the Spirits. You get Augury or Clairvoyance once per rest. I like that from a role play perspective. I also like that from a play perspective. Just that's a handy ability. Like mm-hmm. you wake up and you throw some dice on the ground and you get an idea of what's in your future because your ancestral spirits are helping you. That's that's a very cool role play. It is, uh, and it's there. useful. Yeah, it's sort of a pain for the DM. Yeah, I, I always love when players are like, "Are we all going to survive this fight?" Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, if I knew that, you haven't done anything dumb yet. Yeah, so give, me, give it a chance. <laughs> players never cease to amaze me with the things they will do. Like walking into a dragon lair in total darkness and not being that worried about it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Greg. So I did um, not want to be there. Yeah. Well, that but turned my, out okay for the my dragon. My friends went, and I felt yeah. obliged to go. It was peer pressure. Being, being loyal sucks. Peer pressure. <laughs> uh, at fourteenth, ancestral guardians get vengeful ancestors. Uh, when they use their spirit shield, that's the one that lets them reduce damage on a a Mm -hmm. friend. The target, the attacker, takes force damage equal to the damage prevented. So it, like, bounces back back at the attacker. Nice. That's sort of nice. So that's a a decent build. A lot of roleplay potential there. Storm Herald, another Xanathar's guide class. Their rage is sort of primal magic. Now, barbarians originally just hated magic. They want nothing to do with it. But the Storm Herald is sort of like this raw magic. Like, they draw upon that. And they're also dedicated to, like, protecting nature. So your typical things like lightning is is powerful and this is – but they're like that with magic. So there's this primal magic out there. They're going to use it to protect protect nature. So they get a Storm Aura at third. And it, it's 10 feet radius. But it varies by what their terrain is. Mm. And they have to choose their terrain – but they can change their terrain when they level. So it's the same terrain until they level. So I, presumably at 20, then you're locked into your terrain unless there's some crazy rule you can implement. So at third level, if you're desert, uh, everything takes two fire damage within 10 feet. And I don't think you get to pick whether it's allies or bad guys. I think it's just everything. All other creatures, yeah. it sounds like. So yeah. I don't know if your friends would like that too Look much. Look out. If you're C, you can choose one creature within your 10-foot radius. They make a deck save, and they take a D6 lightning or half if they save, and that goes up to 2D6 at 10, 3D6 at 15, 4D6 at 20. So that's sort of attack. good. And that's a, 
Uh, does that take an action? Uh, let's see. No, it does not. No, so I really? think that just sort of happens. Ooh. Yeah. Which is just extra damage you're pumping out. If you're Tundra, uh, you get two temporary hit points for a chosen creature within your aura. So you can sort of buff your party members, and it goes up to three, four, five, and six at level 20. You know what? Six hit points at level 20? That's not a whole lot. That's not a whole yeah, lot. I mean, like, no. That's at two at level one is it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe, but they got to be next to you. I'm, I'm not a fan of that one. Yeah, that does not compare well with the other two. No. <laughs> so at six, you get Storm Soul, which is actually a benefit that happens when your aura is not active. So if you're desert, you get resistance to fire and you can light flammable items with a touch, which is sort of funny. That's cool. Yeah. You can choose to. I Otherwise, like, it would be awkward. Yeah, I like hey, fire. can I read that book? Poof. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. Sorry, wizard. Yeah. <laughs> I can work back into that magic destruction thing, though. Yeah. Scroll, scrolls and spell books. Yeah. Nice. Um, if you're C, you get resistance to lightning and a 30-foot swim speed. Yeah, I guess if you're a what's C up going with the light, campaign. What's up with the lightning in the sea thing? Yeah. I don't, I don't quite well, get Well, because the, like lightning hits boats because there's nothing else to hit out on yeah, the ocean. And it, and it, I don't know. Right? That's just weird. And then if you're Tundra, you get resistance to cold. Now, here's the weird one. You can turn a five-foot cube of water into ice. That's Uh a lot of water. Yeah. A A five-foot cube, and it it instantly turns to water, but then it melts in a minute. It's like that a Wonder Twins. uh, Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't melt in a minute. Form of an ice cube. Like it just all turns back to water a minute later. But but to be fair, that's uh, normal combat. Take is about a minute, so no, but you have a yeah. huge five foot ice cube now. In the old days, I don't know if people realize this, but they used to harvest ice in the winter, mm-hmm. yeah. And they would so they could have in Georgia, you could have ice cubes in your iced tea in August, right? Now, you're just like, well, how do they make ice last from January to August? Well, what they would do is they would cut it into huge five foot cubes, put it in a barn. Cover it in sawdust, and the ice would still be there in August. That's how slow ice melts hmm. if it's you know so mm-hmm. moderately well insulated. insulated. Yes. Here you got a five foot cube of ice that melts in a minute. <laughs> it's magic ice. It's magic ice. But you're a barbarian. Oh. You don't like magic. Yeah. The downside is it can't encase creatures, which kind of sucks because yeah, that's the first thing you so want to do. Yes. You is, cannot. There's somebody next to you and. Ah, they're frozen. That would be that would be cool, but and you know what I would do if I had one of these barbarians and I was another player, I'd carry goldfish. And when he was going <laughs> to use that power, I'd throw that goldfish in that. I water. truly don't see this as a very popular. Yeah. Choice. Neither do I. Yeah, but uh, but that's a creature. That's why so we're spending so much either. time on it. You yeah, I know. The creature. To be honest with you, the even uh, uh, shielding storm. Yeah. Well, that's doesn't why you really give you much more. That's why you carry the goldfish because then you you mess up your barbarian oh, okay. friend. He's like trying to freeze it. He can't because there's just now a creature. Scatter them around the ground. Yeah, just throw one in. That's yeah. enough. Well, then, but if you don't want him to, th- if you've, he's got a variety of squares, he might want to be. That's picking. true. That's yeah, true. The, you know, it's, yeah, it's like be, it's like throwing ball bearings out there. Yeah, well, don't micro. So tell me how you're fishing. carrying these goldfish <laughs> in a little plastic bag. <laughs> a little plastic bag. bag. <laughs> plastic, hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in uh, your pocket, a bag of force. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay, so <laughs> a bowl in your bag of holding. At 14th level, <laughs> Raging Storm, Tundra. When your storm aura is effect activated, so when you got that little 10-foot thing going, you pick a creature in the aura, and they make a strength save, or they get zero speed 
until the start of your next turn. That is useful. If it, is it useful at 14 for an entire barbarian archetype? I'm not a fan of the Storm Herald. I just don't don't think it's all that useful. Um, but your mileage may vary. Uh, yeah. Zealot. To I like each, this one. To each his own. Another Xanathar, Xanathar's guide. So your your barbarian is inspired by a deity. You're like a you're like zealot. You're a religious fanatic. So that's what drives you to great things. Crom. Yes. Well, he wasn't. He didn't care much about. He Krom. didn't care. Yeah. He, he gave you of, breath, uh, the breath of life yeah. at the beginning, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Crom didn't do a whole lot. To hell with you. <laughs> to hell with you. <laughs> okay. So as a zealot at third level, divine fury. When you're raging, the first hit does takes extra damage, equal to one d six plus your barbarian level, and you get to choose necrotic plus or radiant. half your barbarian. Nice. Oh, half your barbarian level. Oh, sorry, mistype. So that's sort of good. Like the first hit, and and that works every round or every combat. What is um, it? Do you when you're raging? The, what's that? Do you choose the necrotic or radiant? Yes, I mean, you that, choose. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. So it's the first hit. During yeah. the rage. Yes. So it's not every round. But that's okay. still good, especially at lower levels. At third level, yeah. a D6 plus half, you know, D6 plus one at third level, plus two at fourth level. That's pretty good. Uh, you also get cool. Warrior of the Gods, which is no material components for spells that restore you to life. Ooh, so you don't need that super so expensive diamond. Revivify yeah. costs 300 gold pieces. It's a third level spell, which means it can be cast at fifth level. Mm-hmm. And... You don't have a lot of 300 gold piece diamonds or gems or whatever at fifth no. level. No. But this character, you don't need you cast Revivify on them and it doesn't cost you nothing. Right? That's pretty so, cool. So this is reminiscent of that scene in Conan where the, the wizard brings him back to life. Yeah. Like yeah. does all the tattoos on him. Yeah. But then it's also, we just finished Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Beric Dondarian, who's, right? I think that's how you say yes. his last name. Mm-hmm. Who's been like, Revived by the Lord of Light like seventeen seven, times, seventeen times or something crazy. Yeah. Okay, it, that's sort of it wasn't that many. But so it was a lot. So that's my build for this. I want to build a barbarian that is based on the fact that he's going to die a lot. Now I need a friend. I need a cleric that can cast revivify, which exactly. is a third level spell. But but here's my argument. I yes, you're burning a third level spell, but you're never going to have to heal me. Never heal me. Because it's cheaper to just burn the spell and bring me back. Okay. <laughs> now, now keep in mind that we already said certain barbarians can be really tough to actually kill, right? right? So down. if you're a half-orc, and I didn't make mine a half-orc, and maybe I should switch it so I am a half-orc. Uh, I, I might do that before we post it. So the first time I dropped to zero, I dropped to one instead. And then when I get high enough at 11th, I get to make that DC 10 con save, so I'm not dropping then either. Mm-hmm. And then it's 15 and 20. So theoretically, it would take basically four killing shots to actually kill me. But but here's here's the thing. I don't want to be a, an undue burden on my cleric friend. <laughs> so I need to make myself sort of hard to kill. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get rid of that whole, I don't wear armor, I wear the full diaper. I'm wearing armor. And I'm going to take the heavy armor feet so I can wear or no. So, so I think I took the medium armor feet mm-hmm. because I can add a bone, a plus three to my armor class instead of my, the limited plus two. And I'm going to use a shield 
So sorry, D12. Not going to use the shield. Aww. But I built this character up to four, and I call him, instead of Barrick, I call him Barbaric. <laughs> and instead of Dondarian, I call him Barbarian. So oh. it's Barbaric Barbarian. Jeez. <laughs> oh, That's a great name. But you have to sound it out. And I built him up to 12th level. And of course, I took the tough feat, because you got to have hit points as a Barbarian. So at 12th level, I have 184, 185 hit points. Wow. But okay, I also geez. gave him a couple select magic items that helped this build. So... I took, well, we'll talk about those in a little bit, but I ended up with a, a high constitution and a high, wait, why is this not the right one? Oh, a 20 con. That's right. A 20 con. I only have a 12 strength. Really? He's not big on strength, but he's got a 16 dex. Because remember, I want to survive. I thought you were saying it's really hard to do a dex-based barbarian. Well, he's not dex-based. He's no, still going to use I, strength, but he only gets the plus one. But that's okay, okay because... You know what? The plus one, plus five. Yeah, big deal. At high levels, you're hitting anyway, and a little bit of damage. So he's got a 24 armor class and 185 hit points at 12th level. He's That's, not going to go down very easily. Not, and then when he does go down, you got to kill him four times. He's got proficiency in dexterity saves. I took that one that gives you, I got proficiency in strength, dex, and con. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fail wisdom, charisma, and intelligence saves. That's just the, the way of the barbarian world. Yes. I have advantage on initiative checks. I got the 40-foot movement speed. Now, here's the other problem with him, and I got some skills that don't really matter. Um, I gave him a berserker battle axe. I like the berserker battle axe because it gives me extra hit points. But the drawback is a plus one, and it increases my hit point maximum by one per level. That's the real bonus right there. But the problem is, whenever I take a hostile creature, or whenever I take a hit from a hostile creature and it does damage, I have to make a DC 15 wisdom saving throw, which I'm going to fail because it's wisdom. Or I go berserk. And while I'm berserk, I have to use my action each round to attack the creature nearest me with the axe. And if I get extra attacks, I have to make those extra attacks. And if I kill the one in front of me, I have to move to the next nearest creature. But here's the thing. There's been a ruling that I still get the rest of my turn under my control. So I can make my movement. I just have to attack the creature nearest me. So it's not really that big of a drawback until the battle ends. Because this continues until I can see no creatures within 60 feet of me. So I can't see or hear creatures within 60 feet. Then the Berserk Rage ends. So I need some way to end the Berserk Rage. Here's my plan for that. Not only do I have a cleric friend, I have a wizard friend. He's assuming he has, he has friends. friends. Yeah. You're a barbarian. Everybody likes barbarians. <laughs> and at the end of the fight, the wizard casts Levitate on me. And I choose to fail my throw. Or choose to fail my saving throw. So I float up in the air. And I'm a barbarian. I can't fly. Mm-hmm. Well, now sure I can't either. hurt anybody. Everybody just moves 61 feet away, lets me calm down, and we go on with the adventure. What level was this? What? This go at whatever no, level. No, the build that you the just 12th. Made. I did 12th. 12th level. Okay, you realize that at 14th level, you're going to have that rage beyond death thing, which makes you even harder to kill. Yeah. With the zealot build. Yeah, so that's that's <laughs> the other one. We have to talk about that, too. So, so that's my build. I, I hmm. think it... Yeah, it has some drawbacks. I would say it's kind of broken, maybe. <laughs> a little bit. But again, this is Eric. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the other thing that I'm unclear on. And I know how I would rule, but of course I would argue the opposite if I was the player. <laughs> Does dying count as a long rest? 
Interesting. Hmm. Right. So Revivify brings you back with one hit point and no other negative effects. You're not exhausted. You're not nothing. Maybe it's a short rest because they call it a dirt nap. So yeah, there you go. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying. May if it's a long rest, I get stuff back, right? I could see where it could be argued that it is, but a now, lot granted, depends. You on, can't burn hit dice. No, but depends on how long you're dead. Yeah, it has to be yeah. less than a minute for Revivify to work. Yeah. So that's my build: hmm. the barbaric barbarian <laughs> instead hmm. of Beric or Dondarrion. Okay, interesting. Back to the Zealot. Very Eric. Because now I get this other stuff, too. At 6th level, I get Fanatical Focus. I can reroll a save once per rage, which is nice, because it sucks to fail saving throws. That is true. Which includes the save for me to go into my crazy frenzy thing. At 10th level, I get Zealous Presence. As a bonus action, I can give a battle cry, and... 10 creatures of my choice, I believe, within 60 feet get advantage on attacks and saves until the start of my next turn. I can use that uh, once per long hmm. rest. So basically, I inspire all yeah. my allies. Ah, no. Which ah. is good, because they're going to have to cast a Revivify on me at some point. So <laughs> give back a little bit. And then at 14, Rage Beyond Death. If I'm not unconscious at zero hit points, I still make death saves, but only die on three fails when the rage ends. So even when I finally go to zero... I continue to fight, right? and I only actually die when I fail three death saves, which is at least three more rounds. There's no combat that lasts that long. Hmm. <laughs> he is like an unstoppable force. He's like the juggernaut of the D&D world. <laughs> and I'm saying that having no idea what juggernaut is, except for some big, like, dude that's tough to stop. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. X-Men character. Yeah. Yeah. Last one, I last believe. One. Last one. Battle Rager. A Sword Coast Adventures guide. Although that that the Zealot was actually Zealot could be fun. That could actually is the most interesting one that we've read so far. Say, yeah. Once we got out of the animal totems. Yeah. So Yeah. And I don't see a lot of zealots when when I run. So maybe I might have to play hmm. Barbaric Barbarian. Don Barian. Maybe I should call him Don Barian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Barry Barian. No. <laughs> I'm getting Battle Rangers now. Okay, so Sword Coast Adventures guide. If it has, it's not already apparent, not a fan of Sword Coast Adventures Guide. For one thing, it's set in Forgotten Realms. F, Forgotten Realms. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> we are getting no kickbacks from them at all. No. Because of you. Exactly. And when they release Greyhawk, then we will say good things about Wizards of the Coast. But until then, Forgotten Realms <laughs> sucks. Okay, so he's. No, I'm not including you or I in this argument. No, it's, yeah, he, he's, he's of, on. I'm going to be like approached by three guys in like business suits at the next convention. Yeah. Can we talk to you? He's standing yeah. on this soapbox alone. Yes. Um. So, Battle Rager, Short Coast Adventures guy, dwarves only, known as a Kludjarge. Yeah, like axe idiot is what. That okay, means. like yeah, no. we have a class that we're going to limit to. Only one race for sounds like no that's real reason. Sounds like old school D and D. It does, but it doesn't fit with the rest of fifth edition. At third level, you can wear spiked armor and use it as a weapon. You can use a bonus action to attack with your spiked armor, and you do one d four plus your strength damage. The death hug. Mm-hmm. And if you grapple, you do an extra three damage. Or how about this? How about you just carry another weapon in your other hand and attack that with that as a bonus action? Uh, you know, eh, whatever. So because spiked. it's more fun, I guess. 
This is so about you have fun. an entire class built around a single piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe. There's so many. I have so many problems with this. Let, let's go <laughs> deeper, okay? At sixth level, you reckless abandon. You gain temporary hit points equal to your con modifier when you do a reckless attack during a rage. Okay. Some temporary hit points. That, that's not that's bad. That's nuts. That's okay. At 10th level, battle rager charge. You can bonus action rager. dash while raging. But here's the problem. To rage, you have to use your bonus action. Where are you dashing as a barbarian? You're dashing into battle. But you're using your bonus action the first turn so you can rage. So by then, you're in battle. Are you going for takeout? Like, wh- what are you ra- where are you dashing to after the first round of combat? Like, yes, there are circumstances where that would be handy, but they're pretty f- few and far between. Usually stuff's within your movement, and you're a barbarian, so you have advanced, you have faster movement anyway. Right. That does not sound useful, especially at 10th level. All right. Now your you're 14th level, your big ability, spiked rep- retribution. If you have an attacker... That's within five feet of you, and it hits you with a melee attack. It takes three piercing damage if you're raging and you're wearing the spiked armor. But it only works on Wednesdays and never against orphans. Okay, I just added those last two parts, but they're not (laughs) that absurd given the rest of the circumstances. So in this very specific, narrow circumstance, you can do an extra three points of damage at 14th level. Woohoo! Whoopie f and do. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't sound super great. Where did this battle rager come from? I don't from? know. It's some it's, Forgotten it's, Realms crap. Yeah, it's got to be some kind of yeah Forgotten Realms specific character. I seem to I know recall nothing about Forgotten back Realms. in third edition something about this whole thing, especially with the yeah. The and if our armor. listeners are fans of Forgotten Realms, I'm sorry that you're a fan of Forgotten Realms. Uh, <laughs> Ouch. And if you want to contribute and let us know why this battle rager thing could it all be better than we're interpreting it. Please let us know, but or let me know. Um, but I'm not that. It's, it's sort of coast. Not that. It's got all those books, and people like them. It and those books are good. Yes. No, I mean, yeah, R.A. Salvatore, good writer. I mean, yeah. he pumped out a lot of a lot of novels, and yeah. I've read them. I mean, but I just not your world. Not my world. Yeah. Well, I'm tired. I feel like Eric has been raging on us. I know. I now minutes. have a level of exhaustion. <laughs> yes. Uh, wow. Okay. And I think that we have also set a new record. Yes. This will be, I think, our longest podcast ever. Wow. Really? Yeah. We're sitting at almost an hour and a half. Eep. Well, we better wrap it up then. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think our listeners like us that much. <laughs> Just, okay. just to throw it out there, though, um, have you, since we, I don't yeah. know if we really brought this up, you just made up a barbarian for this. Have you played one uh, otherwise or not? Yeah, well, I, Dan and I play the Barbarian Brothers. We oh, each yeah. only took one level of Barbarian, Gar and Rar. <laughs> I took Fighter, uh, Battlemaster Fighter, and he took Rogue. So we we only play them together at conventions at the same table, so they level at the same rate. Mm-hmm. And and the thing we do there is I give him an extra sneak attack on yeah. my turn with Commander Strike. My only experience with the Barbarian was in 1st Edition and 3rd Edition. Really? Wow. Yeah, so hmm. we've done. Yeah. So I have no idea what our next podcast is yeah, going to be on. That, I was going to say, that's actually my, uh, my best Adventures League character is my Barbarian. Barbarian? My Bugbear Barbarian. Nice. Yeah, yeah, bugbears are good too. Yeah, they but got the reach. remember, it's only the reach. get the five foot reach on your turn, yeah. not all the time, just yeah. on your turn. Um, 
So yeah, uh, folks, we don't know exactly what our next podcast will be. It might be a, uh, a we tr- mismatch of we things. We try to alternate the class-based one, so it probably won't be a class-based one. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about f- like possible revisions and popular homebrew to 5th edition. That Maybe. might be the mm-hmm. way we go. I think Greg had an idea of uh, gaming accessories. Yeah, accessorize yeah, your yeah. gaming yeah. life. It's, uh, I'm calling it the Dice Podcast, and uh, I, I am a uh, game bling. You do uh, right realize now, this is like audio only, right? Yeah. Are we going <laughs> to like con- compare how they roll, what the sound is when they roll? We could, but yeah. uh, there are other things to talk about other than dice. And uh, Yes, there are. Okay. I, I like to photograph my dice, so... Uh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll do that because both Dean and I are going to be gone for large portions of the next two weeks. So that would be give Greg a lot of time to prepare. <laughs> there you go. Yes, that's right. So I will be at uh, Robert E. Howard Days slash Barbarian Days. Um, Eric's going to be at Origins, which we really want to hear a little bit and about. And we are going to make a, an Opportunity to Attack podcast out of that. Yes. I am going to chronicle my volunteer uh, experience for true dungeon i'm actually going to origins as a volunteer never been there and we'll see how that turns out that could be interesting i have no idea what to expect could be a complete abortion or it could be you know something cool to i don't think it'll be awful but no. i it's it's a new experience for exactly. me exactly i'm excited to hear your experience about origins in general because i've not had a chance to go yeah, as am i yeah same here all right well greg take us out okay because you well to- you know uh we're gonna fall asleep if we don't <laughs> i know um yeah i've been staying up way too late here lately um yeah if you want to get a hold of us uh best place is always on facebook where we uh like to post and try to as often as we can uh where we are the grognards if you uh want to peek in on twitter i hop on there once in a while where we were at t grognards and on instagram we are the underscore grognards and someday i will actually post there and you are also more than welcome to send us a old school email where we are gamers at thegrognards.com. All right. Well, that's a wrap for the Barbarians, uh, the Barbarian class from the Grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Hawley. And I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on.